Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, back on the show. Basketball in Spain? Hey, not before the NBA draft and a wedding. Fresh off a top 30 finish at the U.S. Open, former Cougar Daniel Summerhays joins the program. And the new head coach for BYU men's volleyball, Sean Olmstead, back in Studio B to rock the neon or not to rock the neon. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live again. BYU Sports Nation back to work, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, June 23rd, wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with my main man and co-host, Jerem Jordan. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with this. Former BYU football coach Tommy Hudspeth has passed away at the age of 83. We'll dive into his legacy and just what he meant to the program in a few minutes with one of his former players. Very sad news. An influential figure in the history of BYU football. We'll tell you what he meant to the Cougar football. Taysom Hill, one of three quarterbacks listed just outside the top 25 QBs to watch in college football by NFL.com's Lance Zierlian. Wait, top 25 or top 10? Top 10. Okay, I was going to say, if he's top outside the top 25. Top quarterback. That was, that's ridiculous. Colton Shaver was snubbed by the West Coast Conference for an all-conference selection, but not by the Home Run Derby Committee at the College World Series in Omaha on July 2nd. That will be on ESPN. He's taken the big bat to Omaha to try and hit more home runs than any other player in college baseball. Mike Littlewood will throw to him. Very nice. cool. SB Nation ranked all 179 NBA free agents. Someone had time for this. <laughs> Jimmer Fredette comes in at number 141. Who has time for that? Some guy on SB Nation. Like who really has? How long did that take? Who knows? Jennifer Hampson, former BYU dual sport All-American, continuing her pro career with the L.A. Sparks today in the WNBA. They play against the Washington Mystics. It is a packed show today, and that is an understatement. Interviews with PGA Tour player Daniel Summerhays, BYU basketball's all-time leading scorer Tyler Haas, and of course the new head volleyball coach Sean Olmstead on the men's side. But first, a tribute to a pioneer for BYU football. As we just mentioned, we learned earlier this morning, former BYU football coach Tommy Hudspeth has passed away at the age of 83. This man brought winning results to BYU football when winning was laughable in the same discussion with BYU before his time. Okay, it was not the norm in Provo. He coached the Cougars for eight seasons from 1964 to 1971. Four of those eight seasons, winning records including, Jerem, BYU's first-ever conference championship in 1965. It took a long time for BYU to win a title uh, in conference, 22-65, to 65, 43 years. That was a big deal. Virgil Carter was his quarterback, 64-66. to 66. Virgil Carter learns the craft in Provo, ends up playing with the Cleveland Browns, and then there's a young offensive coordinator that decided he would use Virgil Carter in a unique way that – and that guy in his unique offense was Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh developed the West Coast Conference, uh, West, West Coast offense with uh, Virgil Carter, who learned from Tommy Hudspeth at BYU. Eventually that takes off, and that is what Joe Montana runs and wins four Super Bowls with. Tommy Hudspeth also had a guy on his staff who was of uh, import to BYU football. Ah, yes. Lavelle Edwards. How about that? Had been on the staff with Hal Mitchell from 62 and 63. And uh, Tommy Hudspeth kept Lavelle on the staff in 64 through 71. 
72 Lavelle Edwards takes over at BYU. He learned from Tommy Hudspeth, respected Tommy Hudspeth. Uh, Also, Coach Hudspeth uh, was the first coach at Cougar Stadium, 1964. That's when that is built. And he was a fiery guy. I mean, he's been described as a no-nonsense type of coach. He recruited Marines to play football at BYU. And that changed things for BYU. Certainly. Again, four winning seasons in eight. Tommy Hudspeth passes away at the age of 83. He's also credited with recruiting the first African-American player to BYU. His coaching career spanned the NFL with the Detroit Lions for two years. He was in the CFL for a number of years. Every level. College football, high school football. He did it all. Joining us now, a guy who played quarterback under Tommy Hudspeth, Mark Lyons. Longtime BYU football radio analyst, and as I just said, a former BYU football quarterback. Mark, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a sad day, but I'd be happy to talk about Tommy. What did Tommy Hudspeth do for BYU football from your perspective as a former player underneath Coach Hudspeth? Well, he did just, uh, as you just mentioned, he inspired people to win, but uh, it was his recruiting skills, I think, that helped him the most. Now, how do you get you know, all those Marines to go to BYU. That had to be a tough sell. And uh, yet he came up with some of the best players that BYU's ever had, just to mention Phil Odell, Casey Boyette, Max Newberry was a great tackle, Dick Banky a defensive tackle, and uh, Perry Rodrique was a great running back. And with those, with that core of people, there were others there but didn't play as much. But uh, I was really impressed with uh, – him recruiting me, I was going to be a basketball player at Colorado, and uh, uh, I just thought, well, I'll take a trip over there and see what it's like. I'd never been on an airplane, you know. <laughs> and, uh, man, alive, uh, he had a great sales pitch, very charismatic, uh, put so much positive emphasis on everything that he talked about. And uh, in doing so, I think he was a great recruiter and got good players to go there. And that's what I think initially turned it around. How did he change the, the standard at BYU uh, from winning that first uh, WAC title? Well, uh, you know, they were 6-4 and four that season, but uh, they only had one loss in conference. And so uh, the fact that they did end up uh, beating everybody they needed to in conference, except one, was uh, quite an accomplishment. So uh, I think it was this uh, newness of players that believed they could win. Uh, Virgil Carter certainly uh, an outstanding example because uh, he was also so positive, very skilled, and uh, did things in the system, did a great job of it, and uh, they were able to win. And then secondly, Coach Edwards developed an excellent defense, and so he was the defensive coordinator and uh, did a great job of keeping scores down. So uh, it was a good combination. Former BYU quarterback and Longtime BYU football radio analyst Mark Lyons on BYU Sports Nation. We're discussing the legacy and career of Tommy Hudspeth, who passed away early this morning at the age of 83, the former BYU football coach. What was his demeanor like on the sidelines and in practice, Mark? He was a tough coach. <laughs> I can tell you a quick story that, that uh, a couple maybe, uh, we were playing San Jose and we were beating them uh, 60-something to something little. And... Uh, San Jose was punting, and, he, and Coach told Jackie Sanders, don't run this back, run it out of bounds. Uh, he was the punt returner. So Jackie catches a football, and 
everybody falls down out there, and he just takes off, and he comes right by the sidelines in front of Tommy, and Tommy's going, get out of bounds, get out of bounds. Well, he continues and runs it on for a score. And, uh, oh, man, he got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so later in the game, we're still winning by a million, and uh, Phil Odell comes back to me and says, Mark, this cornerback over here has given me so much crap. He said, I, take me deep, throw me deep. And I'm saying, Tommy said no more passes. And he says, I'll take care of Tommy. Now, this is Phil. He's a Marine. I'm saying yes, sir, to him every day. And uh, <laughs> uh so we throw the bomb and he catches it and scores and I'm going oh no I don't want to go <laughs> I don't want to go off the field over there by Tommy Jackie just got ripped I'm gonna <laughs> so Phil fortunately got back in a hurry and covered for me and so yeah I was safe but that you know it was I was scared to death now uh, Monty Squires he's a center that played uh, with us and he's uh, calling all of these players we're having the 50 year reunion of that conference championship this year in uh, on October 10th and the homecoming I think it is and uh, so Monty had been contacting people and he had uh, emailed Tommy Hudspeth to uh, kind of introduce the idea and see if he would be willing to come back. And Tommy called Monty. And so before Monty picked up the phone, he looks at the phone and the ID says Hudspeth. And he was just shaking. He was going, oh, no, I have to talk to Tommy Hudspeth. (laughs) He still carries that uh, feeling that uh, he was a tough, tough coach. Did you call him Tommy when he was your coach or coach? Oh, no. Well, we didn't call him that either. (laughs) (laughs) You talk about the 1965 championship. How do you sum up what that really meant to BYU football? Oh, boy. Yeah, it was – I just felt like it was the turning point to – you know, a lot of my teammates still say that people don't believe that they played football there until Steve Young got there. But uh, this was a group of players that uh, did something that had taken a long time to accomplish. They worked together as a unit. They were unified and together and uh, ended up winning that championship. And uh, I firmly believe in all athletics that once you finally get it done – you can go ahead and do it again. Now, it did take until 1974 to win the second, which still kind of shows the challenge that it is to be able to win a conference championship. And so to finally have a banner there that the football team had won a championship, I just thought that was a a great accomplishment. Mark, we appreciate the time and the insight into uh, the man and the legend that uh, Coach Hudspeth was. Um, Certainly some some great stories there, and I'm sure there are many more to come as we continue to uh, look into his legacy. Thanks for the time, Mark. You bet. Thank you. Our thoughts and prayers, certainly with the Hudspeth family, uh, dealing with a difficult time uh, right now, uh, learning that their father and and husband and mentor has passed away, but... uh, Great stuff from Mark Lyons right there about uh, what what he did for BYU football. Yeah, it was meaningful to win that first conference title, and then it took a while before the second, but I think he changed the culture at BYU. Yes, we can win, and you heard it from one of those players, Mark Lyons, what that meant to the Cougars at that time, setting up what became one of the greatest you know, 20- or 30-year runs of any head coach in history under Lavelle Edwards. Tommy Hudspeth, BYU coach from 1964 to 71, dead at the age of 83. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. You can always follow us on Twitter 
at BYU Sports Nation and join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. It is BYU Football Media Day Eve, Spender. Tomorrow, fantastic programming set. Notably, four Eastern time, four decades of dominance featuring Glenn Kozlowski, Matt Bellini, Ty Detmer, Chris Hoke, Dennis Pitta, and many more BYU legends from the past four decades of BYU football success. It's going to be awesome. Tomorrow, 4 Eastern, right here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Okay, two things. That guest list is amazing. And secondly, you haven't called me Spender in a very long time on air. Spender. Yeah. It's been a while. That was the original dig, right? The original dig? I just thought it was a nickname. I didn't think <laughs> I it was a dig. Oh. I don't know. Oh. Uh, what else do you call it? That was the original nickname for yeah, me? Sure. Spender? Yeah. Okay. I think it was by accident, too. It was. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did it two shows in a row. That's right. On accident. Two shows. Back then, in the radio and era. And then it just became a thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> Spender Linton and Jerome Jordan in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, our next guest is a member of the PGA Tour and a former BYU first-team All-American, Daniel Summerhays. He also knows a thing or two about finishing in the top 25, Jerem, and that, wouldn't you know it, brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Four! See what I did there? Daniel Summerhays has four top 25 finishes this season. Okay, story about Daniel Summerhays. So he's at Brigham Young University as a golfer. He just crushes the competition at this one uh, tournament, a higher scores than uh, you know Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. So I interview him. This is before True Blue was on the air. I interview him in the middle of a women's soccer game, and I say, "Back to you guys. What an amazing uh, you know tournament. He had a lower score than Jack Nicholson." <laughs> and they're like, "You mean Jack Nicholas?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, Jack. Yeah. Hey, you got to be a straight shooter there, buddy. <laughs> exactly." <laughs> That's my it's Daniel. A, it's that's, a common mistake. That happened with Daniel Summers. Very good. Well, speak of the man, Daniel Summerhays finished 27th at the U.S. Open, a top 30 finish for him in the major. He is on the show. Daniel, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks so much. Great to be on with you guys. Daniel, how do you feel about your performance at the U.S. Open, a top 30 finish? You know, I for three rounds, it was, it was pretty great golf. Um, Saturday's round was obviously disappointing, but Overall, what a great experience, you know, to be able to, for a, you know, probably stretch of four, four or five holes to be tied for the lead and have a chance, you know, going into the weekend to contend. So couldn't have asked for much more. Uh, a lot of people are outspoken about the course. Will you be finding yourself playing at Chambers Bay anytime soon? Um, you know, as far as the golf course goes, I, I thought it was a very unique experience, you know, to be able to, you know, hit putts from 50 yards off the green and you know use, use a lot of different creativity no I, I i thought that was actually pretty refreshing to do that um but the the putting services were pretty challenging as as far as the condition of the greens went have you ever practiced anything like that putting from 50 feet off of the green um i mean i think you know, when you're you're younger and just dinking around, you know, you do stuff like that. But but no, that you know, one thing the USGA does really well that I thought um, was great was they had the golf course in tournament condition at the beginning of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they really had it fast and firm, and you were able to get a good feel of what you were going to need to do and what types of shots you were going to need to hit come Thursday, Friday. So it wasn't. 
it wasn't like they had had the course slow and soft, and then all of a sudden Thursday was like, oh, you know, so this is how it's going to be. We were able to get some good preparation in before the tournament started. It's been fun to watch your success as a former Cougar on the PGA Tour. What what has led to uh, so much success, especially recently? Um, you know, probably over the last, I, I feel like just every year, you know, I've just gotten a little bit better. I don't feel like it's been any kind of specific breakthrough. I think just each year, you know, I played played my way up through the Web.com Tour, you know, for three years, and then uh, my rookie year was a little challenging learning curve, and then every year I've honestly just progressed. So um, I feel like you just continue to learn little nuances about the golf courses and professional golf life, you know, year after year, and it just accumulates in your knowledge and experience, and that may account for one stroke around or a half a shot around and, and two to four shots a tournament, and, and there's your, you know, your, your improvement. He's a former BYU first team All-American and a current member of the PGA Tour, Daniel Summerhays, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Daniel, you have the luxury of playing with a couple of former BYU players as well, uh, Zach Blair and Mike Weir on tour. How much interaction do you have with those guys when you're out playing in tournaments on a week-to-week basis? Um, a little bit. You know, we all, we all have our own schedules, our own routines, our own family life. Um, but it definitely is fun to see familiar faces for sure. I'm really proud of Zach and, and the good play that he's had in his rookie year. I always say that, you know, your rookie year is the, the most difficult year on tour, and a lot of guys don't ever make it past their first year on tour, and Zach has guaranteed his spot for next year. And uh, really proud of all the all the progress that he's made and the good player that he is. Daniel, let's say it's a Sunday. You're in contention. Walk me through your mindset on a putt. Because when – if I were you, you know, I'm, uh, you're thinking about maybe the read, everything you've learned about putting, or you look, or you're thinking about this may earn me some money right here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you know, every putt counts for sure. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, you can't control what the ball does. So all, all you try and do really is make the best read that you can. You pick your target out. You, you know, me, I, I kind of spot putt, so I'll. I'll kind of see how far outside the cup I need to play a putt, and then I'll, you know, pick a point maybe a foot outside my ball, and that's all I'm focused on, just trying to roll it over that spot with the correct speed and and then make the best stroke that I can. So if, if, you, if, you, if you're thinking about the outcome while you're performing the shot, that's going to be a pretty tough thing to do. Uh, you may not ever take the putter head back, but... Um, <laughs> If you if you just focus on the task at hand and leave the results to you know to to take care of themselves, then you'll be able to do a lot of good things from there. What are you doing right now? I'm actually out on the golf course at um, TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. So I was in Seattle yesterday, and I'm near the Atlantic Ocean today. Good so grief! Just uh, the, the the tour moves on. You know, there's no no rest for the weary and you just go out, you can start learning the golf course at the end, getting a good feel for different types of grass, different, you know, speed of green, different, um, you know, different humidity, different elevation, all these different things. So that's just one of the uh, things you have to learn about professional golf is you just keep plugging away week to week. From Seattle to Connecticut, Daniel Summerhays representing the Stretch Y 
As Jerem mentioned, Daniel, it's been really fun to watch you succeed on the PGA Tour. Uh, we'll be watching closely and sending out the good news to BYU Sports Nation uh, on a week-to-week basis. Great to talk to you, man. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Daniel Summerhays at the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. I'm sure you can find that on the Golf Network uh, at some point on Thursday. Not sure exactly when he tees off. Yeah, I'm not sure he be, knows be yet, but we'll sports. let you know. Just What's that? Out, out <laughs> being? No, please not be No. Being? It's, he's one of the better pros BYU has at their sport right now. His winnings this year are just under a million, by the way. <laughs> Jack Nicholson thinks he's really good. <laughs> you got to be a straight shooter. <laughs> like Tyler Hawes, who joins us next. He's good, too. Sports friends, we roll on. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We just spoke with Daniel Summerhays, current PGA Tour player former BYU First Team All-American. He is practicing right now for the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. He was in Seattle. He told us, you know, I was on the Pacific Ocean, and then I just flew across the entire country, and now I'm at the Atlantic Ocean, and it's right back to work, right back to the practice. This is what he does. He putts and gets dough, man. Coming up tomorrow (laughs) should be money as well. Awkward transition. BYU Football Media Day tomorrow. <laughs> Two hour edition of BYU Sports Nation with Bronco Mendenhall, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and the elite one, or so Spencer calls him, Mitch Matthews. Which, by the way, I spoke with Mitch. He's like, dude, you got to get me one of those elite shirts. Mitch. Yeah, he said, I need one now. <laughs> I need one now. I'm, we'll sure, talk, I'm sure we can work that out for we'll Mitch. We'll talk to compliance. Yeah, f- among others. Those are, those are just some of the guests on the BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Two-hour edition, 12 to 2 Eastern. So we add an hour on the back end. BYU Football Media Day. It is all things BYU football, really, for 24 hours, thanks to BYU There's 21 straight hours on BYU TV, BYU football. <laughs> okay, sports is a big thing that we do. It's not everything that we do. But 21 straight hours tomorrow. We would be remiss not to recognize one of the major players in getting BYU into that winning category, Tommy Hudspeth. We talked about his legacy earlier in the show today. He passed away very early this morning, former BYU football coach at the age of 83. Talked to Mark Lyons, his former quarterback from 1965 to 69. Now, Tommy brought winning into the BYU program when it was nowhere close to where it is now. Four winning seasons in his eight coached at BYU, including the first ever WAC championship in 1965. Vanquish the foe called Tommy Hudspeth the godfather of BYU football. thought that was interesting. Taysom Hill is one of three quarterbacks listed just outside the top ten quarterbacks to watch in college football by NFL.com's Zance Zierlian. Lance Zierlian? Mm-hmm. You pronounced that at an elite level, Jerem. Who knows if that's correct? <laughs> I don't know. Colton Shaver going to participate in the home run derby at the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska on July 2nd on ESPN. His head coach, Mike Littlewood, will be the one throwing to him. Very cool. SB Nation ranked all 179 NBA free agents. Jimmer Fredette comes in at 141. Hey, that's 38 better than the last guy, that's, right? Right. It's a start. Joe Ingles of the Jazz was like, something. wait a minute. It's something. <laughs> Jennifer Hampson and the L.A. Sparks play in the WNBA tonight against the Washington Mystics. Joining us now, our third guest already of this loaded BYU Sports Nation, Tyler Haas, BYU's all-time leading scorer and NBA hopeful. Tyler, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Good to be, good to be on again. We have a lot to discuss, starting with this. Um, how good is your Spanish, man? Um, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We asked that no. because, yeah, you just signed a contract to play for a team in Spain, assuming that you do not get to play in the NBA, and that's you know a, a, a topic all in and of itself. But let, let's talk about what went into the contract with that Spanish team, man. How did that come into the works? Yeah, so you know, I, I I'm getting married this summer, as you guys as you guys know. And you know, I wanted I wanted just to have a plan for what for what I was doing, and um, you know, this Spain team approached me, and it sounded like a really good backup plan uh, if the NBA thing didn't work out. And so, um, that is a part of the contract. There's a clause in there if an NBA team comes after me that I I would do that instead. Um, but I mean, the, this team it's the top league in Spain, and um, these coaches have, have watched me a lot and. Um, seems like they they know how I'd fit into their to their club and organization, and so um, I'm just excited to see what happens the next month or two. What is that like emotionally? Because I assume that the NBA dream is still alive, yet you want to have a backup plan. So do you get hopeful for maybe living in Spain, start looking there, but you're still trying to make the NBA? How does that work? Yeah, no. So the NBA is still Plan A right now, and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens uh, this week with the draft um, and then with Summer League as well. You know, whether I get drafted or not, hopefully I can, um, you know, play Summer League, get on a team and um, and make some noise in that. Uh, but uh, I, it's always good to, to have a plan. Uh, that's, you know, kind of what my dad's taught me all growing up. And so um, Spain – Spain's a really good option, and you know, and I guess there's always a chance that I get drafted, and they and I still go to Spain. You know, some some teams will send guys over there, um, you know, just to develop for a few years. And so, uh, my my fiance is really excited about that option, but um, you know, the NBA still that that dream's still alive, and uh, we're going to give that everything we got. Well, your fiance is Summer Raymond, a former BYU gymnast, and so uh, is is she leaning towards Spain because of <laughs> she she wants to check out the gymnastics scene over there? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think so. She's actually she's really nervous about the Spanish, actually. Porque, <laughs> porque, <4K. laughs> yeah. No, so we we actually we have a, in the contract. Uh, we have Spanish lessons for two hours every week. Wow. Oh, nice. She, she wanted that in there. From the LDS missionaries at the uh, church in the community? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to know those guys if we do, go over. Do you know what your team name translates uh, exactly to? No. Workshop. No. Here we go. Workshop Club of Friends of the Basketball. <laughs> Uh, that is an exact translation. <laughs> did you have some tie to Spain? Like, did did your dad Marty? I know he played in Europe, but what what was the connection with Spain other than them just noticing you? Yeah, no, that that's really what it was. Um, this team had had watched a bunch of BYU games, and um, they knew my agent pretty well, and so they they approached us pretty early in the spring um, with with this option and. You know, we we just we acted on it and um, kind of did some some more uh, investigation, I guess, just trying trying to ask the right questions. And my dad's been great through it all, and we feel good about it. So we did it. 
Tyler Hawes with us on BYU Sports Nation, the all-time leading scorer in Cougar basketball history and an NBA draft hopeful as well, as he has mentioned a couple of times already in this interview. Tyler, leading up to the NBA draft, what in the world is this week like for you? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a crazy week. It's been a crazy, you know, a couple months. I've been... It feels like uh, it feels like a year packed into a couple months, just with all the travel and you know you're meet, constantly meeting new people and different faces and different gyms, and so uh, it's it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been it's been really tiring at times, um, but you know I'm I'm excited to see where it lands, and I you know uh, I have to be good good with it either way whether I get drafted or not and I'm trying to just control what I can control in the whole process and um and feel good about it no matter what Tyler uh you've been training in Santa Barbara a lot with uh, I guess P3 uh I hear great things with them I guess what was that experience like and what are the kinds of things that they have done that have made you a better player yeah P3 has has definitely gotten me right for all these workouts and uh you know they do they do a full body assessment they ha- they have all this technology down there and they watch the way you jump the way you you move laterally the way you run and and then they you know they find little weaknesses in in your movements and then they create a plan they create a plan personalized to you and um you know they definitely got my body right got my ankle right um got a few other things working right and um i i feel great i felt is prepared for those workouts as as I would have been any other way, and um, you know, lots of good guys down there, and and I was around, uh, you know, a, a lot of these guys that are going to be lottery picks. Uh, got to know them and uh, and play with them a little bit, and so um, great experience. Who were sure. some of those guys? Um, you know, uh, Jalil Okafor, Stanley Johnson was down there, Kelly Oubre. Uh, Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky was playing. He'd come in and play NBA 2K for hours in between <laughs> workouts. He's a goofball. Um, but yeah, me and a couple other guys, and they have a lot of. MB- they work with a lot of NBA guys too. Um, you know, the, lots of jazz guys were down there. Anthony Bennett was down there, and Gordon. So it was cool to kind of t- connect with those guys and, and, and talk with them. So. Tyler, I know uh, randomly I was on vacation in Miami when you were there doing a, a workout with the Miami Heat, and you mentioned to me that you, you got to meet Pat Riley, and I saw a picture of Dirk Nowitzki when you worked out with the Mavericks. Do you have a favorite workout? Because I know you, you did a ton of it, but do you have a favorite workout with a, with a certain team? Uh. Yeah, I mean, Miami was probably up there for sure. I mean, their their facility was un, unlike anything I've ever seen. Just top of the line, everything that you could uh, imagine or want, uh, and it's all really close. I mean, the arena is connected with the practice facility and amazing training room, and the weight room's right there, and they just have uh, huge, huge murals and pictures on the wall of, uh, you know, their championship runs. And um, it was cool to to talk to Pat Riley and um, Coach Spolstra. I mean, and we, uh, Coach Spolstra and I made that, the Filipino connection. He had 
he knew that I, I served there, and so that was that was cool to talk to him. Um, but I mean, overall, the, these organizations—it's it, been amazing to see how they're run, um, how organized they are, and and to meet all these different coaches. Um, I, I've definitely learned a lot through the whole process. How's TJ doing in France on his mission? He's doing—he's doing great. He's been out almost fifteen months. Really? That fa- really? Yeah. How fast did that go? Okay, so TJ's been up 15 months. How often do you uh, communicate with him? Yeah, we, we communicate once a week. Uh, he gets on, and we're able to email back and forth a little bit. Um, and his mission just got just got iPads. What? Uh, it is 2015. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, they had Crazy. a good. I was, lucky. Uh, I was lucky to be able to make a phone call. I didn't even have a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and TJ has an <laughs> iPad. Wow. Hey, Tyler. He's got an iPad, yeah. This is a very exciting time for you, obviously, with the wedding approaching and potentially a contract with the top league in Spain, but uh, not before the NBA draft goes down. We certainly wish you the best and uh, hope for the best as you pursue an NBA dream, and we are proudly displaying uh, the shoes that you so kindly donated to us still on the set. Bring so, in uh, some Febreze, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Tyler, Appreciate it. Great to talk to you, man. We'll talk to you again soon. That, is, that guy's not busy. Dude, unbelievable. He's not busy at all. How in the world do you plan a wedding? You don't. You let her do it and her family. Seriously. Like, you, you, you have to be gray? like, you know what? Yes. Just go. I'll be there. What do you want, honey? Get me a tuxedo. That sounds great. I'll be there. What are we talking about? <laughs> that's, how you, that's the rest of your life, right? <laughs> oh, really, though? This is, uh, there's opportunity there for Tyler, and he has, he's, I, I don't know that anybody has had a, a better plan approaching this type of scenario. Yeah, and I, I don't see him getting drafted, maybe late second, we'll see, but I think he'll play in a summer league, and then he's got a shot at that point. If not, he goes to Spain. I think it's a pretty good plan. Yeah, if he can turn some heads, who knows? Who knows? Then he can take it to J.C. Carroll in Spain. And that's what we all want, <laughs> beating Utah State. <laughs> Up next, why did Sean Olmstead make the switch to the men's volleyball team? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, keeping it real, live from Studio B. Hey, coming up tomorrow, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, state of the program with BYU foot, uh, Football Media Day. Tom Homo, Bronco Mendenhall among those guests, uh, hosted by Dave McCann. This should be a fantastic program. Web chats throughout the day as well at, I believe, at 10, 2, and 5 Eastern. Then 11 Eastern, we're live on BYU TV with State of the Program. Check it out tomorrow. There will be whiteboards and uh, board markers on the web chats, okay? They're, they're, they're going to break down. They're doing stuff. some interesting things. So, yeah. The, the very first media day, I asked Jake Heaps in 2011 to describe just a play call. And I got burned by social media so hard. Why are you giving away the plays? And I thought, really? They say them at the line of <laughs> So look forward to that kind of fun stuff oh. during the web chats. Yeah, some, some awkward moments. Also, sure. I didn't care. Yeah, who, who cares, man? <laughs> I'll tell you something I do care about. The new BYU men's volleyball coach, Sean Olmstead, back in Studio B, fresh off an AVCA National Coach of the Year designation, coaching the women's team. So my first question naturally, Sean, is 
Does your style change at all? <laughs> well, I think my shoes are in frame right now. You know, we're on point today. Oh, that, yeah. that, I didn't even notice yeah. that. You know, so wow. uh, I, I'm keeping it real there. What color it. are those shoes? I don't know. Probably pink. Maybe pink. You Solar know? P- orange? Um, like salmon neon pink? <laughs> uh, so the answer is uh, no. I'm, I told the guys. They know me. Uh, they're comfortable with me. I just had a meeting with one of the players, and he was ecstatic. I care about you. I love you. I loved watching you play, and I'm excited that what I've seen you do with the women's program to now you know, be able to work with you on the men's side. And, and he said, we don't want you to change. You know, We know you. We're uh, excited to be a part of that. So. You don't, didn't wear a hat today, though. I didn't wear a hat today. What's up with I, that, man? Well, because I got a, I got quite now? a few meetings today. You oh, know, okay. you know. So I, I uh, next, <laughs> time, bi- next time, are next you time, next time. Businessman, Sean Olmstead, now? <laughs> no, no. They they didn't tell you though that. The, so the women's play volleyball play by play, easy to work with. Great guy, great guy. But the men's, he is a pain, man. Well, they I, didn't tell you this. Did they? Well, you haven't seen my contract yet. You didn't see the. You know that hasn't all. Remember, this is just day one or day two, I guess. So we're getting down to those okay. those bullet points at the bottom. So yeah. right. stay stay tuned. All right. Yeah, that, all of that is still to be determined, Jim. Yeah. But joking aside, it's it's been an unbelievable year for you. You mentioned national coach of the year, now new men's volleyball coach. Why the switch to the men's team? You know, I, I, I like I told the girls, it's it's exactly what I feel. You know, some of the greatest lessons that I learned as a player and some of those you hear all the athletes talk about the life lessons. And, and the, I mean, that is real. And the connection I've always had a deep dear connection to the men's team. I, I beg you guys to come on whenever you need me. I'll, I'll be on if I'm in town, you know, unfortunately I was always out recruiting, but you know, Carl and, and those lessons and that I've always felt a connection to that program. And I, I never believed that, you know, I always thought it'd be a great job and I always had, you know, Hey, at one time or one day, but I mean, our season's right around the corner in a month and a half, or, or, or the women's season. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking that. I didn't think Chris would be gone. And, and then it happened, and I decided, hey, this is the time. And I went in and presented myself and said, let's go. And, you know, it was met with a lot of, huh? What, wait, you just you just played in the national championship match. You've got a outstanding group coming back. You've got great recruits. Are you crazy? Uh, yeah. What are you, what are you doing? And then we all kind of sat just continued to discuss things over the, the course of a few days. And, and then it began to kind of evolve. And so, you know, I get to be back with a group that I was a part of and that I've always felt a connection to. And, you know, like I said, where I contributed and the memories that I have as a stu- a BYU athlete, that are always so impactful are there with those guys and on that court. And so now was the time. When did you find out that the job was yours? Yeah, just yesterday, just recently. (laughs) So I knew that I wanted to go for it. I I presented myself. I went through the process just like a handful of other people, uh, other great candidates. And, um, uh, yeah, that's when I found out. And then we immediately got some meetings set up, and boom, 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 from there it went. When do you make the decision on assistant coaches? You know, I've, uh, I love and I care about Rob, and we were teammates, and we've got great memories together. And so uh, I've talked with him, and, and I'm respectful of, of his 
desire to just kind of uh, allow things to unfold in a short period. He he wants that time, and I was okay with that. And like I told you know, we he came down to my office and we uh, gave him a big hug and told him I loved him. And he he texted me at 9 a.m. yesterday, just one of the classiest texts, what you would expect from Rob. And uh, he opened that door. And, and Luca, you know, I've got a meeting with Luca in about 15 minutes. So we're going to have our first official kind of staff meeting, us two. And then I'll continue meeting with some of the guys. And uh, then I'll be on a plane tomorrow morning out to uh, Southern California. So is Luca an assistant coach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, of okay. course. Yeah, Luca and I played together, those that have followed this program. And Luca was an outstanding player. He's been an outstanding coach over in Europe. He's done wonderful things over there. And so that's a, yeah, that's a no-brainer. He's got uh, his wife, Tina. I know them all really well. So that was great. That was a, that was a plus as well. The new head coach of BYU Men's Volleyball, Sean Olmstead, back in Studio B. Let's talk about what you leave behind. Your sister, Heather <laughs> Olmstead, is now the head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball. Did did you two make this decision no. together at all? Or no, I mean that's it. I, I, I'm I'm okay with that question. I knew it would come up, but absolutely not. You know, when I called Heather and said, "Hey, I've approached the." The, the powers that be <laughs> about this job. I mean, she was blown away. She, well, what? You know, and then when she started to try to consider herself as a candidate, to be honest, I think it was really hard because she, I didn't come here to take, this is, that's, that's your job. You know, I didn't come here <laughs> yeah. to take your job. And, you know, the text she sent to our family four years ago was, hey, you guys, I'm going to BYU to uh, do all that I can to help Sean accomplish all his goals and the vision he has for that women's program at BYU. I'm ecstatic. So not in any bit, of course not, you know, did we ever plan or choreograph this. And, you know, but knowing that that was going to be a possibility that she could step in made things a lot easier for me because, you know, I'm okay on a moment's notice to go speak to any amount of people, which I've been asked to do. Hey, you need to come speak here. Or can you fill in here? I can do that. My wife hates that I can prepare for a talk in two minutes. <laughs> but when I had to go talk to those girls yesterday, I, 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 I was shaking. I couldn't say anything. And uh, that was, you know, that was really, really hard and an emotional time for me. I love those girls. I care about them. I know that they know that. And, uh, but like I told them, you're in great hands. And this made that decision, you know, a, a, a better confirmation to me, knowing that they're well taken care of. Is it, uh, what do you think it's going to be like? Because it's not like you leave and there's that disconnect. You're going to no. be in the same gym before and that, or after, that, right? That's what, what I told the girls. And that's unique too. You know, this is such a unique situation in so many you know, so many ways, um, just in this profession, you don't go, you know, I'm going to change offices. I'm going to go upstairs. Um, but I'm going to see these girls every single day. And I've already seen some of them and we give them a big hug and tell them I love them. And I'm so, I'm going to watch. I can't wait to watch. You know, the only, the only thing is, you know, in a month and a half from now or less than that, I'm not going to be in the gym with them. And, you know, I'm going to kind of be in my office hearing the whistles and, going, oh, that's kind of strange. Look out the window, it's 100 degrees, and I should be in the gym. Yeah. And so it's so unique. But that was another plus to this whole thing. 
that I, I wouldn't have gone to any other job. You know, I wouldn't have gone and chased a men's job at UCLA or, or USC or anywhere else. But the opportunity to be at BYU that my sister in the end would be able to have that job, which, like I said, that progressed after. And then the opportunity to be around the girls day in and day out. What a great opportunity for me and the recruits I've talked to on the phone are ecstatic to still be here. And I told them, hey, I'm going to still watch you progress. I'll be on the outside. I'm not going to meddle. I'm not going to be in any of that. But I'll be there and I'll enjoy their successes as well. How difficult will it be for you to watch and not coach them? Yeah, that I got to figure that out. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, honestly, I'll I'll sit down with Heather. I don't know if I'll be in the gym. I don't know. I don't know yet. You know, um, that'll be interesting. You know, because a lot of the guys go to those games, yeah. and I don't know if I want to be there. You know, you know what was that coach at Tennessee that was you know going to the women's game with Bruce his shirt Pearl? off? Yeah, shirt off and painted T on his chest. You know, well, I don't he think wasn't I'll the be the former coach of that team, right? No, he would, he would no, go to the women's. He would go to the women's. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to go to the women's and be with the guys right at the front, uh, pounding on the banners when the pepper. Di- I should do that. Though. Really go heckle funny, the actually. WCC coaches. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so <laughs> you know all their names. Yeah, too. exactly. And so, no, I, I, I mean, I've thought about that, and I don't know if all the, I don't know if it'll be comfortable for me to be in there. Uh, I think uh, I'll have to, you know, just be smart about that because. I want them to go. They're going to do great. Heather's going to do a wonderful job, as is Dave. They're going to, I'm sure they're going to bring on a great staff member, and it'll continue to go. Do you, uh, do you embrace the idea that next year could be a national championship-type season with BYU, or do you want to temper kind of expectations in year one? Because that roster is loaded coming back. Yeah, you, yeah. you are the Steve Kerr to the Warriors to me in this situation. I'm better looking than Steve Kerr. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, his jumper yeah. is better. Well, well yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but, and his daughters are actually great volleyball players. They're, I think, at Cal and other universities, phenomenal athletes. Look at that, Randy. Yeah. There's your connection. Well, that's why he stayed. I mean, that was one of the biggest pulls Instead for him. Instead of going to New York. That was one of the biggest nuts. ones is his daughter plays volleyball. Hmm. And, and, hey, I can be there and see all that. And I joke with the Cal staff, like, dude, do you just get major hookups? And he's like, yeah, we do, but we're always out recruiting so we can never go. Uh, <laughs> anyways. But, you know, I, I look at it as how the women, how, uh, there was a lot of expectations with Jennifer Hampson coming back and this and that. And, you know, you, you get caught up in the expectations. Before you know it, you're going to start the season 0-10 or 0-2 and 0-3. And so we're going to address that right off the bat and just say, hey, the, I know. I've been there. I've walked that path. I've done it. And so follow my lead, but this is, this is going to be the right way to do it. And this is how we're going to approach that. And I believe we've got some great senior leadership. I met with, I just barely met with one of the seniors. And, you know, we briefly talked about that. And I said, that's the important thing is to just understand that, hey, we understand it. There are expectations. But we in our group, we're going to keep things as we should from day one to day two and three and four and not get ahead of ourselves. And that's going to be the way that we're going to be successful. We have to end this interview in an epic fashion. And Uh-oh. doing so is reliving some of the great moments that we've had with Sean Olmstead in Studio B. Oh, Bring back the Olmstead tournament stash and the hats, if you will. And <laughs> while we do that, Coach. And we tweeted this out. 
Can we expect more? <laughs> more? <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing. Who's <laughs> Hunter Joe in the look? My goodness. Who and then the one on the bottom left, I want to say a bad word. Kick his, you know, sea bass. You know, that's what I want to say, but I got I can't do that. But you sort of just did. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> did Tom? Has Tom almost seen this? Like this? Uh, would this have know. impeded the hiring Please process? Have you seen this? <laughs> I sure hope nobody has. I, I don't this was your resume cover this letter. <laughs> Hey, how can you say no? Yeah. Please tell me this will continue. Uh, I, hey, like I said, I've got meetings today. We'll get. I'm. I, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to change. And Thank what you. I've done is I, I'm comfortable in what I can do. I know that I, I I'm comfortable with the job ahead. And just like I was when I took over this women's program, and just like I've been year in and year out, and just like I was as we went into that tournament last year, I told the girls we're not going to change. And you can't deny that through that round, that entire NCAA tournament, not once did those girls get caught up in the moment. I mean, everyone told me, wow, your girls just came in to practice. They didn't look around that there was thousands of people at their practices at the NCAA tournament. They came in there, and we're going to continue to do that, and we're just going to be ourselves. We're not going to get caught up in that. We've got a job to do, and, and, it's, and it involves a lot of hard work. Well, I know a lot of people are excited about this hire. I am very excited uh, to work with you as a play-by-play this upcoming season. So congratulations. I appreciate it, guys, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Part of this whole deal was just to get back on Sports Nation. <laughs> I figured out, get the call, and within minutes I got a text inviting with the invitation, and that made it all worth it. So I appreciate you guys, your support. I'll miss you, Spencer, but I, I still owe you a pair of shoes. I and shed a tear. I will blow you out of the water with what I got coming. Okay. Because, Jeremy, I see him. He's wearing his a lot. All the time, man. <laughs> You just give them to me, and I will, I will. rock them. All I right. will rock them. Sean Olmstead, the new head coach of BYU men's volleyball, bringing it in Studio B. Great stuff, Coach. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we'll have about, oh, I don't know, 45 seconds to wrap up what has been an amazing show. Quick, go BYU break. Sports Nation. Quote, I'm better looking than Steve Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, he can be his jumper. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. NFL.com names Taysom Hill one of three quarterbacks just off the list of the top ten college football quarterbacks to watch this season. Men's basketball. SB Nation ranking Jimmer Fredette number 141 among all 179 free agents in the NBA. You know what we didn't do, Jerem? Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 74. 74 days away from Lincoln Memorial Stadium. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to the man who's headed to Nebraska, Omaha, to compete in the home run derby, Colton Shaver. The elite tweet of the day at Family Buds. Man, who schedules meetings at this hour? Don't they know I have BYU Sports Nation to watch? Missing, missing the live show today, boys. That's okay. okay. It's on demand. Download the podcast. Great show today. Thanks to all of our guests. Media day tomorrow. Two hours of BYU Sports Nation. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer.